While this podcast will cover information about how to access therapy and other mental health services, it is not intended to be a substitute for said services. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you feel you are in need of mental health assistance, please seek out licensed professional care in your area. that type of therapy podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Quest. Uh, I'm Charlene McPherson, LCSWC. And I am Benjamin Tights, registered psychological associate and doctoral candidate, soon to be graduating this year. <laughs> we are very excited because we are now, we covered our um, diagnosis series, right? Um, and now we're getting into our treatment series. And we're very, very excited to kind of go into more detail about specific treatments, what diagnosis they might be really useful for, and what they actually are. Because you hear a lot of things about, you know, CBD, and, you know, there's a lot of acronyms, to be honest. Actually going through the specifics of what those acronyms mean and what they look like, um, so that if you were seeking treatment, you might be able to go out and find that specific treatment, which you think might fit best for you. And of course, because it's Benjamin and I as your ho- Benjamin and I as your host, um, we're going to start with geek therapy and superhero therapy because that's just, you know, there's no way we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, and so please welcome our guests, uh, Josue Cardona, MS, and Dr. Janina Scarlett. How are you all today? So excited. Thank you so much for having us. Good, good. Happy to be here. Yeah. Recovering from a cold. So sorry if I if I sound nasally. I sound nasally no matter what anyway. So we're all good. <laughs> well, uh, so can we have uh, Janina and Josue introduce yourselves a little bit about who you are and um, your specialties or your expertise or something? To share with the audience. So my name is Josue Cardona. I am the founder of the Geek Therapy Model and the current president of the Geek Therapy Nonprofit Organization. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. And I am the founder of Superhero Therapy and a big fan of everything geeky. As are we. We're all so big fans of everything geeky. (laughs) Hence why we're doing this episode. So, first, first, for our first episode of Treatment Series. I mean, we talked about this a long time ago for the audience members. Charlene and I were discussing this like months ago. We're like, okay, when we finally get to the Treatment Series, what do we want to do first? Like, okay, CBT is the most common one. And I was like, no, 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 no. Geek therapy, (laughs) superhero therapy. That's our jam. So I guess that leads into the question is, what is superhero therapy and, and what is geek therapy I guess we can start with uh, Dr. Scarlett. Dr. Scarlett, what is superhero therapy? Superhero therapy is a way of incorporating pop culture or anything that allows the client to feel connected to their superhero self to help the client become their own version of a superhero in real life. 
Um, it was initially designed to be trauma specific. So for clients who are struggling with trauma, it has now been developed for uh, clients who are struggling with uh, trauma, depression, anxiety, uh, chronic illness, and a number of other disorders. How did you like get there? How did you go, hey, you know what? Because we've all had this moment, obviously, all of us. What was that moment that was like, this is my jam. I love this. And it's therapeutic. So let me bring it into my practice. (laughs) There were three moments like it, actually. I think like a lot of therapists out there, at the very least, a lot of trauma therapists, I am a trauma survivor. And um, as an immigrant, as a refugee, as uh, a survivor, I felt very much alone in my experience. I was in middle school when my family and I immigrated to the United States and I felt like quote unquote freak. I felt like an outcast. And for a very long time, I thought I was the only one going through the mental health challenges I was facing, primarily trauma symptoms and anxiety. And I didn't know what those were because no one in middle school talked about mental health. And then when I was 16, I saw the first X-Men movie. And it completely changed my life because it allowed me to see that everyone has something that happens to them and that perhaps by by forming communities where we share our traumatic experiences, we can find the superheroes inside us all. And so this movie made me rethink what happened to me and made me realize that we can use fiction to talk about mental health. So it's because of this movie, I went into the mental health field. I signed up for my first psychology class in high school. So that was the first moment. The second moment was when I was working at Camp Pendleton. I was working with active duty Marines who just returned home from the war and were going through severe trauma. And as I was attempting to incorporate uh, the the modality that I was supposed to be using, which was cognitive processing therapy, I saw that a number of Marines kept on bringing superheroes into the therapy room. And they would say things like, I wanted to be Superman, and I feel like I failed. Or they, they would say things like, you know how I felt when I saw my friend getting killed? I felt like how Bruce Wayne felt when he saw his parents getting killed. And it made sense to them, and it made sense to me. And I started seeing the value of using... Uh, of incorporating pop culture into therapy to give clients a language to talk about their experiences. And so as I started doing it more and more, I saw the value of that, but I kept on thinking, well, this is probably silly, right? Nobody, Nobody's going to think this is like valid. And then the third moment happened when I went to Comic-Con and saw Jose Cardona's panel on gig therapy and totally fangirled and was thinking like, holy cow, this is actually legit and and I can do this. And then develop the protocol from there, uh, much with Josue's support and encouragement. And so um, those were kind of the three developing moments. And then it just took off from there. Um, I was asked to train um, all of the, the providers on the military base and um, and then uh, this is now a modality that's used internationally, including in Ukraine with uh, with the individuals going through trauma there. I, I really find it um, amazing that the way that you kind of started, it was by, by finding your own inner superhero first. I think that's definitely something with a lot of people who go into the mental health field. Like we go into this field because we're trying to understand ourselves 
I feel, or something about our experiences, and then we want to be able to help other people through it. And so kind of your story reminded me of that. And then when you said that you were fangirling over Josue, I was like, wait, that's how I was fangirling over you when I first found out about Josue. And then through you, when I found out about Josue, I was like, there's even more to this? Uh, it's, it's just a big cycle of fangirling. So I have a question about that. You you know <laughs> you know Janina. Janina has been on our podcast before. I will I will ask the hard hitting questions. Josue, I kind of want you to to jump in here. The first time that you met Janina and you know uh, saw the fangirling and you know was like, oh my gosh, that this is really exciting to share this like. How was that for you and, and how exciting was that for you? It's always weird. I think it, it's it's funny actually, Janina wrote a blog post about that first um event. So if you wanna if we wanna hear what what was going through her mind, uh she jotted that down many years ago. And Janina, that was like thirteen years ago. Twenty thirteen. It was July of twenty thirteen. <sighs> Ten years yeah. ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. The whole reason why we went there was to connect with other people something we've always done is want to short talk to other clinicians, but also, you know, the general public and tell them like, Hey, bring this stuff in because Mm -hmm. if it, if it matters to you, it should probably matter to your therapist and the people around you. Mm -hmm. It'll be helpful. It's beneficial. If we, if we do that, everything that, that Janina like talked to us about uh, that whole experience was just amazing because that's what I want. I wanted to meet people who were like, yes, like honestly, like selfishly, we were looking for our own people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are there other people like that out there? And, that, and that's how, you know, therapy started. Also, I was like, oh, I'm all alone in this. And I started reaching out. I was like, I need to, I want to form a network. I, I cyberstalked a lot of people trying to find, you know, my peers. And, and so it was so cool to go to this event and then meet people face to face and have them say like, no, oh, this resonates so much with what um, I'm thinking or, or your experience is so similar to mine. I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it's a, uh, it was overwhelming, I think, but it was, but it was great. Yeah. I think we had dinner, right? Like we, we went to dinner that night. Yeah. And we got Thai to talk food. more. It was, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you forced me to have dinner. I don't remember if it was, if I had a choice or if you dragged me in, it was something like that. Right? I like yeah. dragged you by your ear yeah. and was like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. to dinner. Yeah. yeah. I, so. I can yeah. totally see that you're happening like, okay. because it's like when you meet someone where you look up to them like so much. To have that opportunity to to sit down and talk with them, I I mean, I yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. You would have also kidnapped. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, uh, I I I would do it in a very kind way. Uh, you know, I I would do it like you know, like the here's some chocolate, follow the chocolate. You know, uh, <laughs> um, hopefully my bosses never hear me say this because you know. I work, I work, I work with offenders, and so if they think if my bosses think that I'm channeling my patients, they'd be like concerned. I promise I'm not. Um, so uh, I'm curious uh, then also, uh, Josue, about how you started the geek therapy. Did you have similar kind of moments where you were watching a movie and you're like, oh wow, yes, this? Or how how did it go for you? I would add one more thing to the from before. I think it's it's awesome if you if you really respect someone's work or admire them let them know because sometimes, you know, doing the work is so, so hard and getting that positive feedback is, is it just, it feels really good, but it's also very validating. So I, I, I appreciate Janina so much for, for doing that because it's, it, 
it was again it was validating and encouraging and and i appreciate that so much so so ben to, to answer your question um the i think i grew up in a household where my parents were pretty geeky and and that's something that united us like my earliest memory is playing super mario brothers with my mom um playing different video games with my dad you know we go to arcade they love sci-fi like we we watched a lot of movies and still like that's the way we connect on a lot of things and so to me that was very natural as i got older it it got harder and harder to find people who who got the references like i i was i saw the 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 world through analogy and metaphor and i don't think i had the words to say certain things and like Janina's examples, it's like, oh no, like it's like this story, like that story. Or I would see something on TV, I'd be like, that's it. I don't have the words to explain it, but that's what it is. And so that was just very normal. Like that's just how I how I grew up. And it was hard to not have that when in, in supportive spaces um, or in peer groups. So fast forward to I'm I'm doing my internship uh, as a mental health counselor, and I'm at this um, I'm working at a hospital with kids. And of course, like they love video games, you know, they're always talking about video games. So I'm, I'm talking about different games with them. And they're like, oh, an adult that knows video games. What's this? I'm like, who do you think makes video games, kid? What are you, what are you talking about? And so um, it, it was, it was a great way for them to connect. And then we had board games and things like that. And so I'm looking around, I had brought comic books in, but one day I'm looking for board games. And then like in this cupboard, I see that they have a Nintendo Wii. I get so excited. I bring it over to my supervisor. I'm like, hey, we have a Wii. Can I use it in some of the group work? I have some ideas. She said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Video games, no. Like, I don't, I don't remember how much like they rot the mind, blah, 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 or it's too, I don't know what she said. And um, I got upset. And then out of spite, I, I, that night I went home and I, I made a website called Geek Therapy just to prove her wrong and show her all of the, all of the positive things that I had seen that people were, were using um, and geek culture and technology and and video games for, and I had a lot of like everything from from like using VR for anesthesia to people using zombies to teach geography and then a lot of mental health and psychology stuff. So I just started curating a whole bunch of content, and and that's kind of where where the name and the the idea started. And then over time, meeting people like Janina, like like you, um, it's like oh how do I do what you do? It was the question that kept coming up. And I trained in rational emotive behavioral therapy in New York. So like Albert Ellis is, is if I ever get a tattoo, it'll probably be of Albert Ellis's face. Um, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like fangirling over here over Albert Ellis, but whatever. <laughs> oh, he's great. Yeah. And, and so I got to train at the, at the Institute in New York. That's awesome. And one of the things that I always loved about it was how there were these formulas and that worked for me. It was like A plus B equals C. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe if I can come up with a, a way to kind of distill what I'm doing, what, what, um, what, what my friends are doing and in a way. And then I saw that like some of us do things very differently. Like Janina's Janina has her own, um, her own way of doing it. So as I kept distilling and distilling, I was like, okay, what's the core? And I came up with, with um, different ways to teach it and organize it. And so it got to a point where it's like, oh no, this is a thing. Like this is a, a legit model at this point and it differentiates itself from from other places and like fast forward now 13 years since we we started that that first website like we have these conferences now where we're celebrating all of you know geek and gaming culture being used therapeutically and it's so great to have people like janina and all of you guys you know presenting like ben you've presented like four times already at tags which has been which has been great i think you did two last year and two this year maybe or two in the first one two in the first one. Uh, sure. i did two last year last year was my first time 
And but I did submit. Uh, I I already submitted <laughs> something so far for this year, and you can expect at least three more submissions that include me. <laughs> Um, because with multiple different people, like, cause I, the second you announced the panels, like the submissions were open, I like messaged yeah. everybody I knew. I was like, yeah, we, jumped we need to do this thing. Charlene <laughs> and I were talking about it. I was talking about it with, with my brother and, uh, I was just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> For ethical reasons, I will state that I am not on the committee that approves right. the... Those so it doesn't matter what you say or do here will not influence my uh, the, the decision of the of the committee. Uh, okay, as long as you uh, enjoy it, that's all that matters. But see, but that kind of thing, like that's that's what I love. I, I love being able to, um, like we wanted to create that platform to have people share this information because there's so many different ways of doing it, and just like there are many different you know traditional modalities, right? Like if you talk about CBT, but there's a whole bunch of different forms of CBT, and 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 second wave and third wave and janine and i did a we once had a, a thing where, where it was like rbt and act and act i'm sorry i i i just do that just to to mess with people i didn't want to do that live on air um and act right and like they're they're like oh this is how they're different and this is how superhero therapy and, and geek therapy are different like having those conversations and creating a community where people do get excited like oh i can submit a panel let me go talk to other people like this would be this would be great and and so i'm so happy where we are now as a as a community no that's what uh i i know benjamin likes the superhero therapy i'm definitely the uh rpg nerd in the room um i run therapeutic role-playing games social skills groups but for adults because kids get everything fun and adults don't get anything fun. (laughs) so (laughs) i hear that i love it it's so much fun Yes, I, I wanted to ask because I know Janina had mentioned that she started her super therapy initially for trauma work and that it expanded into anxiety and depression. But I'm wondering, Josue, if I know from my personal experience that geek therapy is good for a lot of things, but like, is there uh, an area of therapeutic work that you feel that the geek therapy model works best for? I like to, uh, the way I like to talk about it is that it's complementary. Right to so I always say, what is your like, be have a solid theoretical um, framework, and then use this to help you with that. Right, so depending on on what you're doing, like if it's REBT, right, I'm I'm looking for the um, you know looking at that activating event and what your beliefs are. So what can help me get there? And so that might be that might be oh maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a comic book, right? Something that that resonated with you. I can like the, the formula at, at GT is um, affinity plus resonance equals understanding. It's like, oh, there's something that I really speaks to me. I'm attracted to. I like it. It's like, oh, this somehow I'm connected to it. Usually it's positive. Oh, I, I'm, I'm attracted to this genre or this or this piece of work. And then the resonance, like, is it, did it, what did, what did it make you feel? And that can be positive or negative. Right. But then that's the opportunity. I'm like, oh, okay it's hard to talk about a traumatic event. It's hard to talk about our own feelings. It's hard to see them. So what about if we talk about it from that other perspective? And as, as we're going through that, the therapist ideally is able to see what the client is not able to see. So I think, you know, uh, with anxiety, it works great. There's so many examples. But I think in in general, like a trauma-informed um, basis of work is just, is where it it really shines because it's so whether it's association, dissociation or, or just, you know, different um, symptoms um, from trauma that, again, it's like, it's hard to 
understand. You don't even see what it is. And so I feel like subconsciously you can, right? Like, oh, that resonated with me. I don't, I don't know why I cried during that movie, you know? But sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. My therapist helped me get there. And sometimes it's your friends who help you get there. Sometimes it's a parent or a teacher. That's why we try to teach these skills to, you know, whoever wants them. Like in community work, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there, um, especially like um, when Janina talks about being an immigrant and coming, you know, to a new country and feeling alone. I've worked with so many um, um, uh, different populations. I speak Spanish, so I've worked with a lot of um, Spanish-speaking clients, um, undocumented, uh, different levels of, of so- socioeconomic status. And in cities, in rural areas, there are – it's so hard to connect like with, with everyone, right? It's so easy to feel like alone. But there are some stories that seem to just resonate with a lot of people, like these core ideas and these things that are kind of popular and they help people connect with each other. And it's been it's been great to be able to to see people embrace that because I think that there's a there's such a there was a lot of resistance I think and and I'm sure some people still experience that like my supervisor was like oh no 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 video games how dare you and now it's like oh, are you sure like you know we all we all graduated now we're all publishing research on this every day so you can't can't tell me no about this <laughs> about this particular thing. And, and so, yeah, I would say, I would say that piece of feeling alone, going back to Jenny's example, I think that is super important because you can see yourself in different times of media. And especially if you're, if you're part of a cultural minority, um, you don't always see yourself or it's harder to see yourself in different types of media. And even though I encourage people to just resonate more with the experience or the feelings or the, or, or the thinking than necessarily how it looks, that's not always easy to do. And so animation, video games, um, science fiction, fantasy, they, they, they give up different lens on there. And then you can kind of resonate with different parts, right? Where it's not just, oh, hey, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm, you know, Japanese. I'm from here. I'm from there. I'm from no, no, it's like, oh, you know, I, I really relate to the dwarfs in, this, in that particular story, you know, or it's like. I'm such a Klingon sometimes, you know, like, you know, and, and you, it's like, what does that even mean? I don't, it means something to you and it means something very, very solid to you, you know? And it's, um, it's, so I, I think it can, it can be, I would say the, the best area is for, for people who are already geeks and are looking for, for just ways to understand each other. But I found trauma, trauma and anxiety are probably the best um, areas. That was such a long answer. I'm sorry. I wanted to add a little bit to what Josue was saying, which was um, so uh, on point. And I wanted to add to the point that Josue was making about dissociation. And so for those uh, those listeners who don't know what dissociation is, um, it's something that actually happens to every single human on earth. Uh, it's when we uh, mentally or emotionally check out. And so if, for example, you have a long drive home from work and you might not realize how you got home, but you did, um, that that's an example of kind of minor dissociation, right? We get so caught up in our thoughts. Um, but for many trauma survivors, dissociation is actually a survival mechanism, right? And so when people are too overwhelmed by the horror of what they're experiencing, their emotions and their um, kind of awareness of what's happening changes. 
And so as a result, for many trauma survivors who are triggered, for example, or who are asked by, for example, a therapist to talk about their trauma, it might be too overwhelming for them. And the reason why is because to help people survive when they're really, really overwhelmed, the emotional part of their brain, known as the limbic system, shuts down the prefrontal cortex. That's the logic thinking part of the brain. It's a survival mechanism. So if there's a car coming at us, the uh, we're going to see it, and then our motor cortex will activate and get us out of the way before the prefrontal cortex will even realize, oh, there was a car coming. And so with trauma survivors, a lot of times the emotional part of the brain will override the logic thinking, shutting down the left part, right, the communication part. What does it mean? It means that when people are asked to describe how they felt when the most horrific thing in their life happened, they can't. That communication part of their brain is offline. But the right side of the prefrontal cortex, the part that's responsible for creativity, is still online. So people can still draw, people can write, and people can talk about fiction. And so this is where therapy, superhero therapy are so important, because people who might otherwise not be able to talk about their experiences can talk about fiction, can talk about, let's say, a superhero example and then can make the connection, which can make them feel safe enough to understand what was happening and can then bring that left part of the prefrontal cortex online to allow them to put the puzzle pieces together to understand what's happening. It's a safer way for trauma survivors to understand what happened to them without going into uh, an overwhelm response. Yeah. And that's what with the RPG therapy that I do, we don't you know, people think that we're going to put you through the trauma again. Absolutely not. Absolutely. 100%. No, 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 no. We will be working on, you know, uh, standing up for yourself maybe a little bit more or communicating your feelings through your character a little bit more, connecting with your your party, right? <laughs> a little bit more, you know, those type of things you know, talking about uh, coming from a specific theoretical background, REBT is one of my favorites. Because again, like you said, it's like step one, step two, step three, like it's very, very easy to apply. I always felt that it was very frustrating to try and teach that and then say, okay, now go in, out into the world that has real world consequences and try these things, which is absolutely horrifying and terrifying for a lot of people. Geek therapy, superhero therapy, you know, and, you know, I always put a role-playing game therapy underneath a geek therapy that it gives people a chance to, like you said, think about their traumas, think about their past, think about their mental health symptoms, their social skills, you know, those type of things. Think about it and work through it in a place that's safe. It doesn't have real world consequences. You know, um, if you're talking about that, you're Batman, you know, in your head, there's no, there's no real world consequences there. If you go and talk to your boss about how you're Batman, that might, you know, that might have real world consequences, right? So like using this as a therapy tool, I love actually seeing how uh, the individual therapy, the cognitive behavioral therapy is then applied through my groups 
And just being able to sit there and see it happen and then coming back to individual therapy and being able to reality check and be like, hey, yeah, no, you know, you think somebody was upset with you, but I didn't see that. Can you explain that to me? So it's actually applying it in front of the therapist so that you can say, oh, wait a minute, you know, let's let's look at that. That was one of the major frustrations of teaching, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy because you're always okay, now go try it. And that's stressful. So uh, as a, as a clinician, um, one of, one of my favorite things that, um, the Albert Ellis Institute did that helped me really develop, like, oh, you go to a workshop and then you're done. Right. But, um, they used to do this thing called, um, Friday night live. And then every Friday night they would have some of their master trainers just have people come by and you could be, you didn't even have to be a therapist. Anybody could come by and they would basically do practice RABT on a stage. And then they would ask for volunteers and you would see different skills come up. I was like, Oh, that is how, I mean, and that's just like, that's just learning science. Like you have to, you have to put in the reps, you have to practice something to be able to, to learn it. And from, from both sides. So that's why we, we create so much um, content through the, through the nonprofit. Like, Oh, how do we, how do we, show people how to do this over and over and over again and how do we use the, the either the latest stuff that's coming out to do that so we have an open source library called the gt library where we where people can just add right using a particular format like this is the piece of media this is what i'm thinking this is how i used it it's right just keep doing that over and over again i'm like for, for rbt albert Ellis wrote the rational um the guide to rational living which i think is is a great book it's also like 40 years old at this point and it's it's but it's it's a uh, it's like real life examples and helpful also kind of boring you know depends on 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 what you find entertaining <laughs> so to be able to do that you know on a on a weekly basis have um people continuing to to show just how you can do this and with the newest stuff that's coming out like because i think it's it's such a right like you're talking about tabletop rpgs they they're you're right they're having a wonderful long moment right now, right? Where they're very popular. People are getting into it and people are curious about it. So they're way more, more willing. And it's, it's great that, Oh, that's common language. You can suddenly use that. You know, when a big movie comes out, an avatar an Avengers movie, right? It's like, Oh, a lot of people are talking about that. Let's kind of dissect some of the ways you can use this and then go forth. Right. Because it's going to be relevant for the next couple of weeks. And um, only through like that type of, of, model have we have we found at least that it's i think it's the most helpful like even for for me like that's what i would want right like i'm not i don't want to wait three years for you know uh, a book to be published or something you know about 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 how to use it it's like no okay cool are there are there videos are there are there podcasts are there things that i can um use to to learn that and and yeah i think i think using an example like oh which is a good one Actually, Chelsea, like what is one of your favorite examples to then teach um, some of the skills to someone? Like, do you have a a, a story? Uh, A story? Oh, no. So it's hard to teach, right? And then you find that through RPG, it's it's easy. I was just curious if you had a... Yeah, no. So uh, the one example I usually use is like, um, if I have a client who's working on like advocating for themselves, um, they won't stand up for themselves very often or whatever you know, say they go into the court of a king um, and the king looks at the whole party and is like, I want to talk to you. 
and will only talk to that person who needs to learn how to learn how to talk for themselves. But then they're also representing their teammates, their party members, you know, things like that. Um, And it gives them a really good chance in a, you know, inconsequential situation that King's not real. You're not, (laughs) you know, the situation's not real um, to stand up for themselves and verbalize what they need and verbalize, you know, what the party needs. And it's amazing to watch how people can do this when in their everyday life, they can't even tell anyone no, you know? Um, and it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. And there's so many stories Jenny and I can, can, can mention like 30 right off the top of her head, I'm sure. Right. Where you're like, Oh, you're the chosen one. You're this hero, right? You're this, this like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't plan on this, but all of a sudden you're put on the spot and almost every single video game is that way. Right. It's like, Sometimes you get to choose your character, but lots of games, it's just like, this is the one, right? And, and that reluctant hero, the chosen moment, right? Those are, those are stories that can, that can resonate. And if you find the genre that they really like or something that they, um, either the, a story that is um, meaningful to them or very recent, um, that's a great jumping off point to, to then address something like that. Something um, about how, what you were mentioning about, you know, because it makes people comfortable because this is something that they know. As I'm sure you guys have all had clients that they come in and they're very uncomfortable with being in therapy. Like they don't know what to expect. Maybe they, their parents brought them in, you know, and they, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's wrong with them. They they just know that something is wrong and their parents are like, you need to go see a therapist. Uh, and that's really intimidating for a lot of people, children, adolescents or adults to just be like, okay, you got to go to see this this person who's going to break down your mind and, and like figure out everything. Right. And I remember uh, last year I was working at a, like a clinic and uh, had a client. He was, I mean, I guess you could say like very typical teenage boy, like partying, you know, doesn't want to talk. Uh, and, like this is just doing the intake session. I'm like, just trying to get basic information. I'm like, what, what's going on here and he just would not give me answers about even like where you know who he grew grows up with who his support system is so i was just like okay are there any like shows or or movies that you're watching what are you binging right now uh and he was like oh well i um you know i like naruto and i like my hero academia and you know he listed a bunch of anime and i was like cool I know at least three of those animes. Let's talk about those. Just tell me all about the anime. Um, and the, you, I saw this shift in his body language because originally he was very pouty, closed off. And then the second I asked him, just tell me all about his favorite character in the anime, he started slowly opening up. Obviously, our audience can't see me acting this out, but I just thought that was really wonderful. And we didn't even get to the whole, okay, you know, what metaphors are working for you here. It was just to be able to talk about something that he probably isn't normally asked to talk about. Um, And it took him a long time to be able to actually get to the point where he can connect the character's experience with his own. Uh, And we did it by, like, we would just watch the episodes in session together. And then I'm just like, tell me about it. What, What did I just watch? I would pretend like I knew nothing about the anime when actually I love it. Um, uh, and I was just like, yeah, what, what was that all about? Like who, what did this guy just do? And why did he do that? And 
the, the, the client would just get really open and very engaged and was pointing out all the things that his mom had told me he was struggling with. And it, it took a couple sessions for him to like realize that, you know what, I feel like I'm kind of like this guy. I was like, oh, why is that? Well, because I also get angry a lot, or I, I did get this way. And I was just like, cool, let's go there. <laughs> and I just like that therapy does not have to be scary. Uh, people do get intimidated by it because, you know, we are professionals who have a, supposedly an understanding of the human mind. And some people seem to think we can read minds. Uh, I've not yet been able to do that. I don't know about you guys. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, and I have to actually tell my clients that like, I can't read your mind. You need to tell me what you're thinking, but, um, <laughs> but it is intimidating for a lot of people to go into therapy, whether they want to go or not. Um, and I think just allowing them to talk about what they like, their interests, their favorite show, their favorite video game, their favorite, whatever makes it seem less intimidating. And at least in my experience, just makes them more likely to like want to talk to you about the actual important stuff. So th that's something that I'm, I'm seeing like all across all the geek therapists that I've met, you know, superhero therapists, geek therapists, you know, that type of thing is accessibility. Like we're all very, very um, mission oriented to make therapy accessible, less intimidating, more relatable so that people don't feel as scared to access it. Do you all find that as well? Like, it seems like that's the main motivation for every geek therapist or superhero therapist that I meet. I think that's a part of it. And I think had you asked me um, four or five years ago, that would have been my consistent answer. But through my own therapy, I had a realization about it was about two years ago where I realized I made, I built this community and I, and I started doing things in that particular way because I was trying to not just like make therapy accessible. I wanted to help people feel seen, whether they want to be there or not. They know that someone's here to support them. This is me, right? Like my entire life, every time I was in that situation, there were parts of me that were rejected. I know that if you don't like my hair academia, you know, or your favorite uh, character is is Bakugo and not Deku, right? It's like it's like that's not a rejection of me, but like it's hard to feel that way, right? Like like, like it's hard to to rationalize it that way. It feels like oh, why are you dismissive of what I like, or why are you dismissive of? And and when we're talking about geek culture, it's like you don't just like it, right? Like this is part of your identity, so it feels like a rejection of your identity, and and so depending on where I'm teaching. Um, GT, I will, I will always ask like, what are people into? Because if there's, if it's a group full of like, I did this in Georgia once, I was like, okay, then I just use Bible stories. Cause there was a lot of, um, like, uh, church going religious people in the group. I was like, cool. Sometimes it's like a lot of gardening comes up. I was like, let's go, let's go. Let's talk about gardening. I got metaphors lined up and it's just a teach, right? It's like, oh, it's the things that's your perspective of the world. I don't want you right off the bat to come in to something as important and beneficial as therapy, as getting support. And then immediately right off the bat, like, I don't watch that. Ooh, I don't know. I don't like that. Right. Because it, it's also a skill. Like those are some of the skills that I teach. It's like, okay, you've, you, you don't watch anime. Don't tell me that you don't like anime. Right. Like one of the examples I always give is like my favorite star Wars movie 
is a phantom menace. Don't tell me when I meet you the first time in therapy that you think that movie sucks. That's not the moment to tell me. As my therapist, you should never tell me that. My teacher, my parents, like, no, don't keep that to yourself. Ask me why. Come with curiosity. But like, don't, don't just reject me right off the bat. And so like what, what you did, Ben, like that story is beautiful. I love every time I hear, I hear stories like that. Because the way I see it is, is yeah, there's rapport building and there's comfort, but also it's like, like I mentioned before about the kids and video games. It's like, you're an adult who likes video games. I was like, yeah, what did like, you know, and they'll test you and all this stuff. And that builds that comfort, but just creating that space where, oh, I can talk about this. I can, you're curious and I can teach you about it. We can watch it together, right? Like always encourage people, bring clips, watch episodes, have video games in your room. And like, we all have super geeky rooms right now, right? Like I see in everybody's background, listeners can't, can't, can't see it. Right. But we've got, we've got, Ben, you've got more, it's more traditional books, but I can see what kind of some of those titles are, which are geeky. Right. But like, so I have, I have Janina's books right here. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, but like that kind of space, right? Like I always try to have toys and things in my space um, to make people feel more comfortable and, and that, yeah, you want people like, ideally you can't do the work. That's very much a, a Carl Rogers thing, right? It's like, it's like Rogerian setup of like, not nah, be person centered, like create that space for people to be able to, if you, I, I, I come in in it that way also, like we're always um, moving towards improvement. We're always moving towards healing. But the world makes that really hard sometimes and we can't do it alone. And so to be able to just like, oh, I'm, I can be myself all of a sudden, that's, that's I think, the best we can do. I always say to like <laughs> my clients know that I'm not judging them because I'm at the end of the tabletop role-playing game, dungeon mastering a game, you know, playing the goblin and making noises and using an accent. It's you're joining in their world with them as well. And so like, there's no way that you're, (laughs) I'm going to judge you when I'm at the end of the table making funny noises, you know? So it's, it definitely kind of, like you said, builds that rapport and that connection. Well, I I wanted to say um, thank you both uh, Janina and Josue for, for coming on and and sharing your experiences and your passions with us. This is big for me because just like how Janina reached out to you is that I reached out to Janina. You guys are talking about how different clients you could use it with. And I was working in a psychiatric hospital at the time. I, I was reading Janina's blogs like religiously. There's a lot of talk there about, you know, groups and, you know, individual with trauma and anxiety. And I was like, but nothing there related to my clients. And so I sent her an email. I was like, can I use this with psychotic people? And she's like, absolutely. And then like, she emailed me back like a bunch of stuff, like, here, try this, try this. And then we talked on the phone and and it was just amazing. Thank you both so much for creating these modalities that have inspired many other therapists, uh, including myself and Charlene. Um, And hopefully our listeners will feel just as inspired um, whether they are students of, of mental health or if they are, you know, hoping to be consumers, now they can know how to find a therapist that relates to them and their geeky interests. Where can our listeners find you guys on the interwebs? You can find me just about anywhere. If you search for Janina Scarlett, I think I'm on all social media platforms. And my website is superhero-therapy.com. And uh, you can learn more about Geek Therapy at geektherapy.org and at Geek Therapy on all the things. 
TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, even Twitter. We have we used to post all our things on Tumblr until recently. Like whatever wherever you are, we're we'll we'll be there too. That's exciting. Definitely thank you all for coming on. Uh that was a really fun conversation. <laughs> like and you said, like when you actually get to meet other people who are just as passionate as you are, it's recharging. So I could start off the week with the recharge of being like, yeah, get there, be yes, let's go. <laughs> I, w- I want to say one thing before I go. I want to apologize. I think I called you Chelsea before, Chelsea. It's, I'm so sorry. It's I'm absolutely so sorry. <laughs> I'm recovering from a cold. I just, I just really wanted to put that on record. Don't edit this out, editor. Leave it in. Names matter to me. <laughs> all right. On that note, we are going to end the episode. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Um, thanks for the support from our listeners. And if you enjoy our content, please rate and review us on iTunes uh, so that others can find our amazing content. Uh, We're also here to answer questions about mental health. So please ask us any questions you might have. Um, Or if you'd like to reach us uh, individually, you can email us at mentalhealthquest1 at gmail.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter and Facebook at MHQ capital P podcast. And you can find uh, me at at nat20therapy.com, email, Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. Just put at nat20therapy. And Benjamin, where can we find you? Uh, As of right now, you can find me through this podcast. I do have another podcast that I am still trying to get off the ground called My Hero Therapy, which is all about My Hero Academia, in case the listeners did not realize that I love that so much. Um, so, uh, that is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Thank you everybody for coming. Yay.